baby, you are gonna go broke showing turkeys like these. It's turkey time. Come on, come on. All right, listeners, let's jump back into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, last we spoke, the turtles had battled the ninjas after the roof fell out in April's apartment. They vanished, ninja vanished, and uh, the police showed up and everyone scattered. So let's jump right back into the action. I believe we're going to cut right to Shredder. <laughs> so then we cut to Shredder now, bitch slapping his chained up R-O-U-S splinter. Wrong movie, sorry, Princess Bride. <laughs> so he, he bitch slaps poor Splinter and is asking him, what are these freaks? Two turtles. scenes ago, you <laughs> called them turtles. You knew what they were. Why are you acting like you don't know what they are now? Selective okay. memory. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody wrote a different, this is a different page than the guy that wrote the other part. Two different guys. So on the way out now, Shredder and Master Tatsu have a staring contest and it's very intense and it lasts for a good 90 seconds. I timed it. <laughs> I felt so bad for Tatsu. I was like, he didn't, he did the best he could. He didn't know what he was going into. And like Shredder's looking at him like the disappointed father. And it's like, well, what the hell did you want me to do? <laughs> it, it pisses him off, Tatsu, because he goes now into this locker room place that they have for the ninja kids to keep their ninja garb and he beats starts to beat up on some of the kids and beat the shit out of them and then he storms off interesting thing and i this is something i didn't know because i always wondered this myself so there could be other fans out there that did as well i assumed he killed the kid uh apparently he did kill the kid they changed it in the book or something and they changed they, they didn't like how dark it was so they added some like sound effects and some stuff to make it sound like oh no the kid's gonna be okay wow. he killed he did kill him which also raised another question of how the hell did he kill him kill him because he did not beat him up that badly i have been beaten up worse in like shopping like accidents like you know like black friday going out i've had more dangerous encounters than what tatsu did to that kid it's ninja magic <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to understand. <laughs> but we, 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 went, we went from ninja Venice to now ninja magic. Yes, you don't study the ways of ninja, so you don't know how powerful it can be. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get this quick cut of Danny who saw all this go down and he looks sad. And I'm like, now you get an attack of conscience? Really? After you gave up the turtles? He didn't like him then. Now, now he's friends with them. And he's, he's gotten to know Master Splinter. Yes, he, he then does go to see Splinter. And Splinter tries to get Danny to open up and talk. But Danny doesn't want to talk about his dad or anything. We cut now to a busted up looking VW bus situation pulling up to an abandoned house, it seems like, in the middle of nowhere. April, Casey, and the Turtles all hop out. And we learn that this is another thing that April owns. This was property that her parents owned. Casey tells April her engine block is trashed. And by the way, you got fired because I heard the message on your machine. And it's so funny because he seems like an abrasive asshole, but he tries to break the news to her very in his own nice way. He's trying to be nice. And it's obvious to us. She gets totally pissy with him and calls him insensitive. Uh-oh. What did you do? Did you take classes in insensitivity? 
And I'm like, you bitch, this dude has been doing stuff to help you. He's trying to be nice, but he does put her in her place because he calls her Broadzilla. I love the relationship between Casey and, and, and April. It's amazing. It's hilarious. But yeah, I've to to this day, I've never liked the way April acted because she's she's like the stereotypical feminist. Like what I think people who don't know a feminist imagines what a feminist is actually like. And it's like, uh, yeah, there's maybe like a small percentage that may act like that, but they're not all that bad. It's like, I don't think that is what you think it is. That's not, no. <laughs> So what I noticed in this scene also is that April is still wearing this light little blouse, this little short mini skirt and high heels through all this craziness that's happened. And that's still what she's wearing, walking around the farmhouse, hammering, building shit trying to do stuff and it's wildly like why don't you go find a pair of jeans and some boots like why are they having her romp around in this outfit even my husband's like why that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i i never understood it either uh i just i always kind of took it as like well she just didn't have time to pack and obviously the no one had been living in the house for a while so there's no clothes there you could kind of figure like you know maybe there's something that you could change into then she gets mad when he calls her a broadzilla and she storms off and decides she's going to sit down and write in her diary. <laughs> and we see her sketching pictures of the turtles and we get voiceover of her writing in her diary. And I thought, what is happening right now? We've gone to another movie or something. <laughs> yeah, it was a little out of place. Uh, and also it's kind of like they're basically combining the entire original run of the Mirage series because this whole thing that happened of them getting beaten and then kind of tuck and tail and running to the farmhouse this is all part of a storyline called like uh, the return to New York and stuff they took some time to kind of lick their wounds before they return kind of thing but it does feel kind of mashed up in there like this should have been an entirely separate movie this should have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 yeah it felt discombobulated from everything else so we see Donatello bonding with Casey in a bro fashion. And I had to look at my husband and shake my head like, is this what dudes do? And he's like, mm, maybe back then. <laughs> but Casey's repairing an old truck in the barn and they continue to call each other names jokingly, hose brain, atomic mouth, camel breath. And when a grown man says barfaroni, I'm immediately turned off. I'm like, Casey, you are no longer hot. <laughs> You are acting like you are 15, just like the turtles. Thank you very much. Geek, Barfaroni. You're the geek, Camel Breath. Well, he is hanging out with a bunch of teenagers, so that is going to rub off on you. Plus, he's not a very mature man to begin with. I mean, come on. He's not mentally stable. He's running around New York in a hockey mask, beating people up in sports equipment. <laughs> You're so right. This guy, this guy is definitely a few cards short of a deck. He's all jokers as well. <laughs> So the good news is, though, they get the truck running. And then next we see Leonardo watching over Raphael, who is passed out in the bathtub. April continues her voiceover talking and writing in her diary about how Casey is a child trapped in a man's body. And then there's Casey Jones, a nine-year-old trapped in a man's body. She also thinks that he might be cute if he wasn't so pig-headed. This is supposed to be, one of the turtles even makes this dated reference in the film. He calls them moonlighting from that TV show with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard because they argue back and forth like sexual tension. And I thought to myself, this is nothing like moonlighting because these two characters are rotten people in their own way and idiots. <laughs> they actually kind of deserve each other, to be honest. She's a modern 80s woman. <laughs> I laugh 
laughed so hard when women in movies say that shit. I think they said that in Mannequin, if I remember. All right. So she runs into Casey now in the kitchen and they bicker like teenagers and he calls her toots and babe. I was like, yes, put her in her place. Raphael wakes up and asks for food. Leonardo apologizes to him for saying that he didn't need him. April and Donatello come stand in the doorway. Donatello jokes that it's a Kodak moment. <laughs> I, I love that joke. It's a Kodak moment. It's cute, but it's not as funny as him and April need to stand there and laugh hysterically like it's the funniest thing he's ever said. So much so that we get a blooper. Donatello throws his head back in laughter and his turtle mouth opens and you can see the mouth of the actor under the costume <laughs> and his teeth and mouth. And it's really creepy looking and almost reminds me of the alien from the, from a xenomorph. It is. Yeah. I, I, I never, waiting. <laughs> it, it is. It, I never caught it as a kid until someone pointed it out like years later. And now that's all I can freaking see in that scene. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Cause it's so creepy. Yeah. I paused it so I could point it out to my husband. And when you're just staring at it, just as a still shot, it's really creepy. <laughs> So we cut now to shots of the turtles in a little montage training and whatnot. And April's doing more voiceover of how the turtles just aren't whole without Splinter. It's so terrible. It's such a disjointed, weird. Anyway, we cut now to the warehouse where Master Shredder and Tatsu are overseeing the movement of their stolen goods. Big money for Ninja, I guess, to have stolen goods being moved through New York. And they're discussing how the turtle's fighting style seems very familiar. Hmm, can't put my finger on it. I would argue, isn't ninja a thing? If you're fighting ninja and they're fighting ninja, wouldn't it just be ninja? <laughs> Maybe that's why it's familiar. I hate to be this person. I because I I always no, hate this don't. person. I I do because I hate this person. I, I never want to hang out with this kind of person. Technically, there are several different forms of martial arts. Um, oh no, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> There is. There's, you know, crane, crane style, uh, mantis style, all this stuff. So I'm assuming within ninjutsu, there are many different forms of ninjutsu, depending upon which clan you are a part of. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I like to point out when I'm not an expert in something and I am not a martial arts expert, so I will defer to you. Oh, I'm not either. Don't, don't even throw that on me. I know nothing about it outside of television and comic books. You knew books. that. You knew more than I did. So back at the farm uh, that I still have no idea how April affords to keep because she loses money on the shop, uh, we get a scene of the turtles training, sparring to music out in the woods. Meanwhile, Casey is chopping vegetables with his sword at the kitchen counter there. It's so funny. He's the original fruit ninja. And it, it, I never point, I know, uh, noticed it until before, but it kind of points back to um, the scene in the beginning when Donatello, oh no, excuse me, Leonardo uses the katanas to slice up the pizza and is oh, it slices, it dices, and then there you go. You got Casey Jones using the same like katanas. So this is obvious too, because the table is full of food. Somebody clearly went and got food. Earlier when he's eating an apple, sure, maybe you went out and picked an apple off the tree, but there's no way you got all this food. You Somebody went to the store. Somebody went and got something, right? So why did nobody pick up clothes for April? <laughs> she comes in in the same fucking outfit. I'm assuming that it's because if it was one of the turtles, they did not know her size. If it was Casey Jones. the size? <laughs> 
I was going to say, if it's Casey Jones, then he's probably like, well, no, if I don't get her any clothes, eventually she's going to start walking around naked. She'll have to, because at this point she's filthy and already ripped the sleeves off her shirt or whatever. Exactly. Casey sees that she's rubbing ointment on her shoulder and he strong arms her down into the chair and begins massaging her shoulders at first against her will. This is not the way to handle this, bro. It's the 80s. This is how it works. She eventually gives in and starts going, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, get a room, guys. Uh, you could tell she was excited, too, because I believe this is the first movie where I ever noticed nipples through a shirt. Oh, your teenage awakening on nipples. <laughs> so Michelangelo and Raphael come in and they refuse April's offer of muscle ointment and they opt for a can of turtle wax out of the cupboard instead. Now I get the joke. I'm not an idiot. Ha ha, turtle wax. However, pretty sure it doesn't work on muscle pain, no matter what species you are. <laughs> it is Michelangelo. He's, I think he's like me. He's so committed to the joke that he will actually use it. So outside now, Leonardo meditates under a tree and somehow mentally connects with Splinter. And then he interrupts the other turtles who are all playing Trivial Pursuit, which I will note the color of the box led me to, to look up. It's the genius edition. So they're answering pretty tough questions. I was impressed. Donatello is a genius. The others, not so much. So later now, the turtles are all sitting around a campfire meditating together, which somehow conjures a vision of Splinter in the fire. He tells them... Ninja magic. <laughs> he tells them that they have just conquered the final and greatest truth of the ninja, that ultimate mastery comes not of the body, but of the mind. Wait, if that's all you need to be a ninja, I'm there. <laughs> I, I could be a ninja. I just need better knees and I'm all set. I hate to disagree, but <laughs> there's a lot that goes into the mastery of the mind. Um, you know, it, it takes years of meditation and practice. So he rants on about how together the turtles can accomplish anything. Blah, blah, gobbledygook. And then he ends this whole thing by saying his final words to them is that he loves them. And then he goes away. Why didn't he tell them where he was being held? You had their undivided attention. That could have been. That's a key piece of information he left out. Okay, logical explanation here. I'm going with this isn't really Splinter. This is the mental representation of Splinter. This is what they want to hear. They want to believe he's alive. And so they conjure this with their mind. Okay. This isn't actually him. Okay. That's the logical. The other part is it's like, well, he's probably thinking, get off your damn ass and come and save me and do the work. <laughs> do the work to find me. I'm not going to tell you where I am. Exactly. So the next day, boo, Splinter. <laughs> So the next day, Casey and April sit on the porch swing and they're just being all lovey-dovey. And Casey tells April that he did play professional hockey, but only for less than a year because he got injured. That's all the character development we get on Casey Jones. Period. The end. I mean, Great is there, character arc. Awesome. I was going to say, is there really much of a character to April or Casey? I mean. No, but wait, whose fault is that? Oh, uh, the script. <laughs> So the turtles show up and say, it's time for us to get back to the city. They ready. Return to New York. <laughs> they take Manhattan. <laughs> oh, that would be great. It could be right next to uh, Donatello does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> 
so they return now to the city, and instead of going into April's burnt-up building, Casey complains all the way as they go down into the sewer to the turtle's place. And April, I had to point this out, she's carrying her shoes because they're the high heels, still wildly inefficient, walking barefoot through this disgusting sewer. Just so gross. At this point, you've been through so much shit. That literally stepping through shit probably isn't even <laughs> going to bother you. So once uh, they're back, they find Danny hiding there and he asks if he can stay with them. And Casey gets upset, doesn't want to stay overnight in the sewer there. Donatello calls him claustrophobic, which doesn't make sense because the sewer space is much larger than his van, which is where he goes and ends up sleeping. That sewer is huge. It houses all these big turtles. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense until like he rolls down the window and then you see the little thing like, okay, he's even claustrophobic in the van. I, I'm, oh, I kind of, I kind of took it as like, okay, is he claustrophobic? Cause I don't know the levels of claustrophobia. I myself am claustrophobic as well. I don't know if like, there's a level of like, okay, as long as you can breathe fresh air, you're okay. That could be his level of claustrophobia. So when he gets called claustrophobic by Donatello, his immediate response is to get upset. And he's like, I've never even looked at another guy. And I'm like, insert homophobia joke here. <laughs> Again, a product of its time, right? It, it is. And the joke, I'm not going to lie, the joke makes me laugh because, you know, dick and fart jokes and that kind of stuff makes me laugh. That's why I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> um, but going back, looking at it now, I'm like, okay, the joke is dumb because when he's like assuming he called him homophobic he's like oh i never even looked at another man it's like well yeah okay saying that is homophobic <laughs> yeah it's like you're saying you're homophobic so it's like you're still <laughs> right right it's like it's a double whammy of stupidity right there <laughs> So then is, I'm still, again, in this moment, fuzzy on April and Danny's relationship because he's going to her for, I don't know, support and the turtles for protection or something. You've really got me like, the more I think about this, the more convinced I am that that could be her kid. And maybe he doesn't know it. So, okay. Casey now is offended at this and goes out to sleep in his truck, as you mentioned, and rolls the window down for that fresh air. Danny asks to keep one of April's drawings because she was such a good sketch artist with her stuff when she was doodling in her diary. <laughs> they were good. They were good drawings. I mean, like, that's one of the things I've always wanted from a movie is if I can get like all four turtle drawings like framed up, I would love that because they right? are awesome drawings. Shit reporter, but hell of a sketch artist. Maybe that's what she should be doing. <laughs> okay. I can't say she's a shit reporter because she's like a bulldog. Oh, no, she's, excuse me. She's like a pit bull. Once she gets her teeth into the story, she will not let that shit go. The turtles now get excited at the thought that there could be pizza left over from Danny staying there, but then they decide it best not to eat the moldy dominoes that they have there. Again, no. they're not lactose intolerant and they can't handle a little mold. Like, come on. It's, it's. Also, one of those things where it's like, I'm kind of thinking, okay, it's a little bit of mold. You live in a sewer. You've eaten shitty pizza before. I mean, come on, guys. You've probably done this. I personally always, when I was a kid, I always assumed they did. They were going to eat the pizza. Right? It's not that much of a stretch, really. Yeah. So everybody goes to bed now, and Danny has nightmares and wakes up and crawls out of a manhole. Casey sees him and follows him. He follows him back to the Double Dragon Ninja Warehouse lair where Danny goes down to wax nostalgic with Splinter. 
So Splinter now tells him all about his master Yoshi and the training from his cage. And we get amazing shots of him doing stuff. It's so good. Lived in Japan, a pet of my master Yoshi, mimicking his movements from my cage and learning the mysterious art of ninjutsu. He tells the story of how his master Yoshi and his lady love fled the wrath of his rival Saki and came to America. But Saki followed them from Japan, killed Yoshi and the woman, knocking Splinter from his cage during the tussle. Splinter scratched Saki's face, and I guess that's now why he wears that mask to hide that horrible, not horrible, scar on his face it's a pretty bad scar and i, I always was kind of like okay i, I, I don't think so like horrible in the sense of it's like it should have healed up a lot better i mean this is a rat scratching you i mean this is this is like you know okay well i have to go get my arm amputated because i got a fucking splinter in my finger <laughs> He gets upset that he gets scratched and apparently slices off part of one of Splinter's ears. And then that's the end of it. The rat runs off. So Danny now asks Splinter, whatever happened to Saki? And Splinter says, no one really knows. But Danny is wearing the symbol of Saki on his headband. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the big reveal. Oroku Saki is the shredder i mean I, I think everyone knew that coming in as a turtles fan like yeah you're probably <laughs> getting probably getting like the parents taking the 10 year olds are like oh my lord i didn't see that coming and then the 10 year olds like yeah, bullshit i've been telling you that the entire time <laughs> your parent oh my lord <laughs> my heavens that's the shredder <laughs> i always picture parents as like that stuck up you know stick up the ass kind of thing <laughs> So Casey continues to lurk around the warehouse here and spy, and then he jumps a ninja, stealing his outfit. So now Casey's undercover. Meanwhile, Shredder startles little Danny, finds the drawing of the turtle by April, and tells Tatsu he's going to go after the turtles himself. And while he's gone, Tatsu is to kill Splinter. It doesn't seem like he's like 10 feet from Splinter. Why doesn't he just walk over there real quick and do the job? <laughs> he's he's not a very good leader for a, a ninja organization. There's a lot of people that should have been killed already. April should have died instead of being bitch slapped. Uh, why, why did you just leave Danny alive? Danny just betrayed you. Kill the kid. Make an example uh, of his ass. Yeah. Exactly. This is like, I kind of feel like this is a little bit like Return of the Jedi a little bit. It's like a little too cute. Okay. We understand the Ewoks are adorable, but let's start killing some shit already. <laughs> <laughs> Blow up Wicket. That's what we want to see. <laughs> so Danny bumps into Casey and asks for Casey's help to free Splinter. Cut to a bunch of ninjas entering the sewer. The turtles make quick work of dispatching them, but then a second wave shows up. These ninjas are everywhere. <laughs> but then we cut back in mid-fight to the warehouse where Danny and Casey are freeing Splinter by using the keys that were 10 feet away hanging on the wall. <laughs> this guy's a terrible, terrible master villain. He really is. And, but then you can't take away anything from Splinter either because it's like, this is a rat. He's got a tail. There's no way that that tail is not going to be able to reach those keys, grab the keys. He can, I mean, come on. Those teeth. Exactly. Look at the chains. Come on, buddy. <laughs> they get stopped by Tatsu and some more ninjas. They're, I'm, they're everywhere, I'm telling you. They're like rabbits. They just keep multiplying. <laughs> 
Jesus begins to kick Casey's ass, and then it goes on until Casey gets his hands on a golf club and knocks Tatsu out in one swing. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I Okay, I partially agree on the no. Four. <laughs> I, I, I agree on the no. A golf club would knock Tatsu out, but a golf club would not make Tatsu launch into the air like 12 feet. I don't care who you are. That is not going to happen. Yep. It's, it's like Casey is magic hella strong because he did the same thing in the park to Raphael. <laughs> Launched him. It makes sense. We've got ninja magic. Now we've got Casey magic. So back in the sewer, the turtles are still battling the ninjas. We cut again to Casey and head thug <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Uh, having a few words, and Casey puts him in his place by telling him that Shredder and the kids are not family. Splinter tells them all, Shredder is just using you. Really? That's all they had to hear? In Oh, epiphany. We shouldn't be doing crime. This isn't our family that we've been living with for months because our real families either don't exist or suck. Oh, okay. Thank you, Casey and Rat. I will change my ways. <laughs> To be fair, they what? never said they were going to change their ways. They just followed them. So it could have just been like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Shut the fuck up. We're just going to get out of here so the cops don't catch us like, you know, the rest of the ninjas. Six months down the road, they're going back to the warehouse and they're going to start stealing again. You're probably right. And see, that's where that Skeet Ulrich thug, see, he's going to come out and take charge and lead everybody. That's the <laughs> sequel we never got. Exactly. Because, I mean, like when you think of a criminal organization, you're immediately going to follow a guy named Skeet. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> so back at Turtle Fight, it makes its way out onto the street. We get Michelangelo making repeated turtle puns. And I did write a couple of these down because they did make me chuckle. He says, it looks like this one is suffering from shell shock. Boy, I guess we can really shell it out. It was a shell of a good hit. <laughs> he needs new material. He's using shell a little too much, but they still made me laugh. Yeah. Boy, I guess we can really show it out. Yeah, but what makes it even better is the fact that like Donatello was there telling him, no, that's not that good. No, you can do better. Okay, this one's all right. <laughs> so the fight then makes its way now up onto a rooftop, which was weird, where they, they had to have this, you know, finale set piece up there, but it was weird that it went from the street. Uh, the turtles clean out the rest of the ninjas here. Then Master Shredder shows up. And the turtles just joke and rip on him about his outfit. <laughs> and that's what makes it so great is that even they're in on the joke of like, no, this is stupid. You, you look like an idiot. I, I love the whole comment of like, well, maybe it's for making coleslaw. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll better never ask to look for a can opener. <laughs> yes, because I was thinking that the whole entire time. Like, it looks like they just opened a can of tuna and it's the jagged edges on his head. <laughs> So the turtles decide that the best approach to battling this master villain that they've all feared is to run at him one at a time. It's a stupid approach. I, I agree. <laughs> but at the same time, the foot soldiers could have easily overpowered the turtles if they wouldn't have been attacking them one at a time. You had like, what, 400,000 foot soldiers overrunning the sewers. How the hell did four turtles beat all these ninjas? Because even though there's a, a grip of ninjas, they're attacking them one at a time. That's the approach they take with Shredder. And I'm like, what? Exactly. It, it, I guess it's because there's this respectability among ninjas. Of it's like, no, we're, we're not going to be dicks. We're not going to overwhelm you. It's a one-on-one -on -one fight. So 
he, he dispatches them, of course, one at a time. Boom, 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 knocks them down. Then Casey, Danny, and Splinter and a bunch of the thugs show up. Casey just stone cold punches two ninjas out, showing just how effective the art of ninja is or is not. <laughs> when you can just punch them right out. That is the exact moment that when I, uh, I don't remember on what viewing I watched this movie, could have been 466 or 799, I don't know. But at some point watching this movie, that was the exact point where I was like, okay, yeah, these are not ninjas. These are basically just a bunch of stupid teenagers pretending to be ninjas in costumes because Casey Jones could not, Casey Jones, I don't feel could handle a police riot. No, it's like they're cause these kids are cosplaying ninja. Exactly. They're, they're out there. They're LARPing. Yes, they're LARPers. Oh, nerdy thugs. <laughs> so back on the roof, the turtles, again, decide the best plan of attack is to attack Shredder a second time, one at a time. Shredder tells them Splinter is dead and then gets Leonardo under his sword and tells the other turtles to drop their weapons. So we see the nunchucks get flung over the ledge, but they hang up on that ladder. So they're still there, like within reach, but we can't see them. Just then, Splinter shows up, tells Shredder who he is, and he knows he's Saki. Shredder removes his mask, runs at Splinter with a long spear. Splinter uses the nunchucks that were hanging there, manages to get them around the pool of the spear, and he's holding Shredder over the ledge of the building now, who's hanging perilously by the nunchucks and the spear. It's like, what? How is that even possible? I don't, I don't know. It's ninja magic. That just explains everything. We, we, we have... <laughs> It's either either ninja magic or Donatello. That explains the entire movie. Oh, so Splinter says, death comes for us all, but something much worse comes for you when you die. But before he can finish his sentence, he gets interrupted because Shredder tries to stab with a smaller weapon and Splinter lets go of the pole and Shredder falls into the garbage truck, I guess, below. It was the garbage truck. And Splinter says, without honor. And then we see Casey turn on the compactor and like squish the helmet in the truck. <laughs> I love the little oops. Like, yeah, you're just going to accidentally walk over and turn the, the compactor on. Like that's just an accident waiting to happen. And for me, when you see the helmet get kind of starting to get crushed, you're like, ooh, that guy's gone. There's no way. No way he survives that. There's like, yeah, I mean, like he's the guy just got crushed. To die. And I, I think this is where people complained about it being too dark. And it's like, well, you didn't see the body get crushed. It's just the helmet. Exactly. But you assume. So then we see Danny gives April the $20 back that he said he owes her. And she's like, what? But we know it's because he typed it from her wallet earlier. Charles shows up in the news van and Danny runs over to Charles. They hug and it's like, oh, okay. Well, honestly, at this point, who could care? <laughs> April tells Charles she's only going to take her job back because he's begging her if she can have a corner office and be paid more like another female reporter she knows who's being paid more and has a corner office. He agrees really fast to that. <laughs> wow, he just really needs her for some reason when there's tons of other reporters. Because she's the best of the best. She's got the inside scoop on this one, maybe? Exactly. She, she's, she was the TMZ of her time. <laughs> With a better man chin than Harvey. <laughs> so Chief Stern now is there and he asks Head Thug and the other kids, what happened out there? And Head Thug tells him, take your police to the East Warehouse at Lairdman Island. That's where you're going to find your answers. 
So he's giving them up. He's saying, go raid the warehouse. There's all, you know, all the stolen goods are there. Their hideout is there, everything. Oh, yeah, he's selling them up the river. But at the same time, they're going to go check it out. And I'm sure all the kids are like, oh, yeah, you guys go check this out. We're going to go stock up someplace else. They're going to have to. It's, it's New York. There's plenty of empty buildings in which you can start a criminal organization. I mean, come on. Watch Law and Order. I know about that. <laughs> So Casey goes over to April, who is primping her filthy self <laughs> in this side mirror of a van, getting ready to do her report. And he's obviously, she's right in, in the assumption he's a very immature man-child because he doesn't know how to be direct and just tell her what he wants. So he hints around about being glad to see her, and he's clearly fishing for a compliment, a kiss, something. And he's trying to tell her, you know, I, I was in a fight and I, you know, and it's like, just grab her and kiss her. Come on. That's his childlike innocence. Well, April tells him, shut up and kiss me already. And they joke about her being direct or something. And I, I call it being a bitch. There's a difference. <laughs> she's not good, direct in a good way. She's a bitch, if you ask me. Hurry up. I have a report to do. So the turtles now are observing this moment from above and, and splinter and they cheer and hoot and holler, which draws a lot of attention, you would think, from everybody standing below, but nobody looks up and sees them. And uh, at this moment, all I thought was, you know, really, truly, these two idiots deserve each other, Casey and April. I mean, really. <laughs> so... They toss around the turtles now, toss around their, their surfer skater words, awesome, bodacious, bitchin', blah, blah, blah. And Splinter interjects, I've always liked cowabunga. And all I could think was from back to the beach when he says that wave is the humunga cowabunga from down under. <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga. Really, guys? Uh, and of course, it... the turtles think it's the funniest thing Splinter's ever said, and they all have a good laugh. They high-five, and we freeze, and we fade to black. And then the song Turtle Power by the rapper Partners in Crime with a K-Y <laughs> plays over the rolling credits, the end. It, it, was, it was the 90s. Every movie had to have a amazingly bad theme song. Every movie. And all the movies I enjoyed, freaking um, Monster Squad, horrible, horrible theme song, but I love it to death. And so it's like, that's, that's Turtle Power. I will rock out to Turtle Power every single day. Oh I love God. that song because it is so awful. So that is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Woo boy. I could go back and watch it again. I mean, it, it's amazing. I don't care what anyone says. It's amazing. Uh, it's definitely fun if you just want to check out. I don't love it like you do, but it's definitely fun for sure. I mean, yeah, like I, I recognize this isn't, you know, an Oscar qualifying movie or anything. I mean, no, no Turtles movie ever has been amazing to the point that you're like, oh, this is well written, well acted. And these just this fantastic cinematic masterpiece. No, so... it's, it's, it's stupid fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, let's jump to three questions. Question one, which other Ninja Turtle properties have you seen that you're familiar with? And what are your thoughts on them? So let's go over those. But then I ultimately want to know, for people who are fans of the Ninja Turtles, which ones do you actually recommend as well? Okay, so if we're going over all properties, so print media, movies, cartoons, everything. Yeah, so before this movie, there were comics and cartoons. How yes. do you feel about those that came pre this movie? 
the comics I enjoyed. I still to this day go back and read the Archie series because like I said, that I, I got introduced to so many characters, characters that didn't even appear originally in like the Mirage stuff. Like my, one of my favorite characters in Turtles history is Slash, uh, basically alligator snapping turtle. He is awesome. He only made an appearance in the Archie stuff and then done some stuff since, but he wasn't in the originals. Uh, the oh, originals, okay. the original stuff is great. Uh, Leatherhead is an amazing character as well. Uh, so I always recommend the comic books. They're fun. They're cool. It's like nostalgia. Okay, so the 80s cartoon. Um, I think it ran three or four years. Yeah, it went for a number of seasons. In fact, I just got for Christmas, like the last season on DVD. We found it at like a thrift store, which shows oh, wow. you exactly how amazing the series was. Um, no, but that's a fun find. I love finding stuff at the thrift store. I, I do too. It is so much. It is so awesome. Okay, so like growing up, the cartoon was a lot of fun. It was. When you get a little bit older, you can appreciate like the nostalgia of it. But story-wise, no, that was complete shit. Okay. Uh, the voice acting is great, though, because like the guy who did Shredder, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That was my first oh. experience to him. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he was awesome uh, in that. So there, there was some cool stuff, but it's like, yeah, it doesn't hold up. The Fox animated series that came after that very closely follows the comic books, the Mirage Studios comic books. Okay. It is a really good series if you're a turtle fan that is probably what people consider the top of the turtles cartoon series i've never watched the live action one the series that was by saban the same people that did mighty Morphin power rangers i've never watched it i don't really have a lot of interest in it uh, i know kevin eastman is not a fan of venus de milo who is the fifth turtle the female turtle yes that was from 1997 <laughs> yes uh, and she was the teal turtle and i love that color I did think it was weird that they gave her shell tits. There, everything about the design was weird on that character. Very weird. I saw pictures uh, of her and was like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I, I come from the standpoint of there's no such thing as a bad character, just bad creators. You cannot make a character good. That is on you. That is not the character. I'm bad. I'm just drawn that way. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what it is. She's actually made a return in the current IDW series of Turtles. She's okay. making a comeback. So I'm curious how that's going to uh, pan out. Did you see the animated feature that came out this year, 2022 uh, or last year, called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I did not. Uh, well, okay. I watched like one or two episodes. It is not my turtles. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to go in and say, okay, well, this sucks. This is shit. You shouldn't watch it. Uh, I learned that the hard way through Godzilla and Scooby-Doo that everyone's going to have a favorite iteration of like yeah. a character. So there's a generation that's grown up on Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I appreciate that series for keeping the fandom going and bringing more people in. It's not my turtles. It's not my taste. As a fan base, it's got a 95% audience on Rotten Tomatoes. It does. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, it's just, it's not for me. Glad that fans have it and can enjoy that uh, version of them. My favorite currently is I liked the 2012 series from Nickelodeon. Okay. That changed up the stories a little bit, brought in some new stuff. It was a lot of fun. They've even brought back some old voice characters. It's a great series to watch. I highly recommend that one. And then the sequel film to the film we just discussed was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze from 91. And that was directed by Michael Pressman, 78 minute, or I'm sorry, 78 million was the return at the box office on that. And it only has a 67% audience score. 
So it's 1% lower, um, or I'm sorry, no, 81% was the first one. So it dropped quite a bit to 67% secret of the use. And I haven't seen it in years. I watched about mm, 30 minutes of it and then fast forwarded to a few bits and then turned it off. I couldn't even get through it. What are your thoughts on that one? It's a rough one. I, I, I enjoy it for, again, it's campiness uh, there. And I just, I love the turtles to the point that I can suffer through a lot. Uh, even vanilla ice. <laughs> even vanilla ice. And I do enjoy the characters of Toka and Reza. I really do. I think they were cool in additions to the movie. They, in fact, I believe this was their first introduction. I don't think they uh, appeared in the cartoons until after the movie. And that was um, what, the turtle, the, the, uh, yes, the snapping turtle? The snapping turtle, which I think, I believe they took inspiration from Slash. Uh, okay. And then I don't know where Razor came from. Originally, from my research, it was supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady. Yes. That is what fans wanted. We did not get it. And I think that's where a lot of the disappointment came from. Okay. I thought the creature design for those two were goofy. And I thought Splinter looked a little bit more weird. It looked weirder, um, not as polished. And I also thought the turtle design went downhill. Oddly. It did. I, I think it was more for comfortability. Uh, I think they kind of made the costumes a little bit more like easier for the actors to kind of get in and out of and such. But yeah, I know the quality of everything went down. The humor was uh, even dumber. Donatello is one of my favorite parts of the original movie because he's funny. You just really get into him. And I felt they kind of made him a little too much of a clown in the second one. Right. So then moving on now to the sequel, which is actually my favorite of these three live action Ninja Turtle movies, if you can believe it. It was a few years later in 93, directed by Stuart Gillard. It only made 54 million at the box office and it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. And it only has a 34% audience score. I, I think people just were, were over it. You know, um, the design splinter is awful and the turtles are so different from the first one. They're so slimmed down. Like you said, they probably went for comfort and ease of movement and getting in and out. The turtle costumes aren't, aren't that good. Um, however, the time travel aspect and going back to feudal Japan and Casey being the two characters, one from the past, one from the, from now, uh, the villain, the white Englishman villain, who's helping the Japanese villain in the past. Like there's so many aspects of it that were just interesting to me, even though it's not a good movie <laughs> per se. I didn't like it in the beginning. When I first saw it, I didn't like it. I, I've come to now where it's like, okay, I, I'm warming up to giving it more of a shot. Like I want to go back and watch it again. Because again, it's you're going back to, this is a story arc in the Mirage Studios comics that they actually did some time travel stuff. I mean, it would have been cool if they would have incorporated the whole Cerebus thing showing up, which people who don't know who Cerebus is a barbarian pig created by the creator Dave sim uh it is a weird ass character but again independent comics huge name i would have loved to see that or even you could have made that movie freaking amazing if you could have got stan sakai's usagi yojimbo to make an appearance that would have been brilliant i'm lost yeah. okay so usagi yojimbo creator stan sakai comic book artist writer he's friends with um eastman and laird and so they did quite a few crossovers. Usagi Ojimbo is a samurai rabbit. And it's not like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Everything in this world is like Disney. So they're all animals. He just happens to be a rabbit and he's a samurai. It is amazing comic book. I've read a few issues. I love it. I love That's his art. Amazing. It's And there's constantly crossovers between the two. Uh, so if you could have done a, that in the movie, it would have made that movie like just balls to the wall, acid tripping, freaking amazing. <laughs> 
I, I enjoyed that they had the same April for two and three. It was a different actress. Um, and I liked, yeah, all the human players. I really liked. I liked the Japanese guys, the time travel. I, I don't know. I watched uh, that one no problem all the way through. I have to go back and watch it again. Uh, I do love Casey coming back because I love Casey. I miss Casey in the first one. Um, the, second uh, one. I, the second one, sorry. Uh, uh, the first one, how it's got Danny in it. I did not realize this, but when I was doing the research, Danny only ever appears in that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. No other media whatsoever does Danny ever make an appearance. That's because it was April's bastard love child and he had to disappear. <laughs> I'm really wondering now. It was shame. Is that why she didn't even come back? Is that why it's not the original April? Is it like a Darren situation of it's like, no, we got to get rid of her because <laughs> she just fucked up everything, had an illegitimate child. So it's like, we got to wipe this shit off the board and just come up with a whole new April. All right. I think that's all the, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. There is one more property that I painfully have to discuss. Directed by Kevin Monroe. It made 95 million at the box office because everyone was super excited about it. A Michael Bay version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles starring Megan Fox. Uh, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. I got 10 minutes into this thing and turned it off. As soon as I saw the turtles, I was like, nope, it's all CG. I am not a giant buff, 10 foot tall, mutated Arnold Schwarzenegger build, human face looking CGI turtle fan. This was not for me. Thoughts? <laughs> okay. Um, we will put a pin in that because you did actually skip over one that a oh. lot of people miss. Uh, I believe it was, I don't remember the exact year of it, but it was early 2000s animated TMNT film. I was not I, aware of that. I missed it in my research. I have not actually seen it myself. It's one that I'm kind of holding out on because it's like, it ties to the original three movies. Oh, well then why are you waiting? Because I don't want to ruin it. But at the same time, it's like, this is the last connection to my freaking childhood. So it's like, I'm, I'm hesitant on it. I do have to watch it. Okay. Eventually I will, I will check it out. So I have nothing to say on it because I can't. Okay. Michael Bay. Okay, Michael Bay, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the man. He can do movies that are so like horrible that I enjoy them, like his Transformers franchise. There's some good stuff that came out of there, but there's a lot of bad as well. This Turtles movie bothers me quite a bit. I don't like the design of Shredder. I don't like the design of the Turtles. A lot of stuff bothered me. Megan Fox, surprisingly, did not hate her. Oh. I, didn't, I did not hate her as April. She wasn't bad. Not my favorite April, but I didn't hate her. <laughs> you can have her and her toe thumbs. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That being said, it is worth that movie because we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. And I like this movie anyways. I've loved it even more lately because the girlfriend happens to like this movie. So we've watched it together a few times. She really enjoys it. This is also the movie that gave us the second best shredder and finally brought in fucking Bebop and Rocksteady. And okay. you have to watch it just for Bebop and Rocksteady. This is a live action sequel to the Michael Bay one? Yes. Because that had an even worse Rotten Tomatoes score. And I don't understand. Well, I can understand why, but at the same time, it's like if you're a Turtles fan and you don't like this movie, I do have a bit of an issue with you because we finally got to see Bebop and Rocksteady. If you're like me and you are not a fan of all CG... Who cares what the design is? And I'm just giving you my perspective of a non-fan. No, and I, I do get it. CG. I'm not excited about it. CGI can get, I mean, I've come to appreciate it because like I said, like we've got the Marvel movies, they're amazing because of the CGI. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have Thanos or any of the infinity shit that happened in the MCU if it wasn't for CGI. 
that stuff would have been insanely expensive and you couldn't have pulled it off as well. But yeah, I like practical effects too. And I would love practical looking turtles, but I also feel like with the CGI, we could finally get our accurate four foot tall fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we're supposed to have. And I would love to see that one day. Good points all actually. Uh, does that cover all the properties? I think it does. Uh, yes, because Rise of the Turtles was the newest one. Yeah. There is apparently a new one coming out in the future. Uh, I'm hit and miss on it. I don't know if you're going to talk about that or not. Oh, no, go ahead. Seth Rogen is apparently working on an animated Turtles project. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little concerned because the last Seth Rogen animated project drove me fucking insane. Was that Sausage Party? Yes. Uh, and it drove me insane because this is a movie I should have liked. I mean, most of your viewers know who I am through Facebook and know my sense of humor. Listeners. I should have, yes, listeners, <laughs> have viewers, viewers, listeners, they're all the same difference. You guys know who you are, but you all know my sense of humor and you know that I love these weird jokes and sex jokes and dick and fart jokes, drug humor and all that stuff. 30 minutes into Sausage Party and I was like, I'm over it. You just overdid it to the point that I couldn't even handle it anymore. You are describing that accurately because I am not a fan of too much of that. And I hated it. it. It was too much for me. It was like the first 30 minutes. I was laughing my ass off. I was enjoying it. It was great. The animation was cool. The story was intriguing. The jokes were hilarious. And then I literally think like 30, 29, 30 minutes in, I was like, okay, I heard those same jokes, like in the beginning of it. So you're like even repeating jokes at this point. Mm -hmm. So I just got sick of it. And so that's why I'm like, I'm kind of worried about Seth Rogen doing a turtles project because I'm like, I don't know, man, your humor is weird. Yeah. And it, I don't know how it'll fit in that. So I'm hoping he can pull it off. I really am. We'll see. All right. Question two. So the turtles here are named after Renaissance artists. We've got Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello, and they're assigned colors. If you could rename the turtles or create four new turtles, and give them names and colors, what would you do? Oh, man. Where do you think you would go? I know you must have thought about this in life at some point. Oh, I have. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's a tough question to answer because I can, you want the full on nerd answer or do you want the smart ass joking answer where I can come up with like completely I want them all. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's, let's entertain the people with the smart ass shit first. Colors, I'm gonna go, Biffy is gonna be pink. Um, Biffy? Biffy. Because it's the 80s, uh, it's New York, there's going to be some stuck up bitch that's going to be like, oh, my name's Biffy and, you know, some weird <laughs> shit like that walking down uptown New York. And you're like, you know, okay, fuck you. You've got a shitty name and we're going to name a turtle after you now. So we got we Biffy. Pink Biffy, okay. Pink Biffy. Yellow is going to be uh, Mustard. And the reason <laughs> he's called Mustard is because this guy is apparently kind of brain dead and just spends his days watching infomercials and sucking on mustard. Mustard packets? <laughs> mustard packets discarded mustard packets from like hot dog stands throughout got the sewers it. and then we've got so we've got biffy and mustard who else i am so sorry for this and i'm gonna get so much shit for this but i'm gonna get a good laugh um in the black we've got the emo turtle named cuddy <laughs> oh i shouldn't laugh but that's really funny enough said simple right? <laughs> yeah that's all you got to say about that one uh and then the last turtle uh, isn't actually going to be a turtle because obviously the three previous ones are not very smart and uh, their master splinter is not very smart. So it's just going to be a rock uh, <laughs> with, a, with a bandana on it, just a pet rock with some little googly eyes on it. So like when they get into a fight, they can just throw Rocky. Rocky. 
Well, yeah, because they're too dumb to come up with a clever name. So it's got to be Rocky. I like it. I like it. I'm tuning in for your version <laughs> just to see the adventures of Biffy and Mustard mostly. Exactly. Well, yeah, because you know, Cuddy's not going to last you long. <laughs> he likes the sword fights. <laughs> So that's oh. your smart ass version. Do you have a different version that you've thought of? I, I would obviously the main prime colors. I understand why they do it. I would use a black color because ninjutsu black. You're going to go right. with that. I'd name wise. I would probably go more classical Japanese. Uh, oh. So I, I'm not sure what I don't know enough about Japanese, but I would come up with something like that, maybe named after like specific weapons or fighting styles or something like that. That's interesting. In fact, I don't even know if I would go with turtles. I would probably steal the idea of Kung Fu Panda because that I thought was a whole brilliant concept of like naming the masters after the Kung Fu style that they represented. Oh, really? So that would be intriguing of like bring in a monkey, bring in a mantis or something like that. Those would be kind of cool. Like I said, the colors, I would go, I would probably even go full ninja garb. I wouldn't even go the masks and the elbow pads and stuff like that. Go full on ninja garb. All right. So for me, I would do female turtles minus the titties on the shell because that's just weird. Yeah, but turtle titties are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need to know about your fetishes, sir. <laughs> but um, no, I would go with female turtles and they would be the white turtle would be posh. <laughs> the peach turtle would be ginger. The light blue turtle would be baby. And the leopard print turtle would be scary. <laughs> Can you guess where I got those from? <laughs> All right. So Movie Miss is introducing us to the teenage uh, mutant spice girl turtles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because if, if that's more fun than boring, like I was thinking, hmm, maybe like flower names like Rose, Lily, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, no, nah, fuck that. Let's get a little bit more fun. Let's go buck wild. Let's do it with leopard print. Yeah. Well, especially because if they're girls, they're definitely going to have like more of a fashion sense. Right. Although I feel like you missed the ball in the sense of it should have been three women and their gay bestie. Yes. That's Biffy. <laughs> That's Biffy. That is Biffy out there in the pink with the like, yes, queen. <laughs> oh, the gay stereotype is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming because also they're growing up in a world of stereotypes anyways. <laughs> oh, if it's this world, yeah, true. Stereotypes abound. All right, question three. The movie we just discussed, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990, as, as watched. Is this a better movie if Casey Jones was played by Nicolas Cage? I have no idea how to answer that because there's a part of me that's like, fuck, no, you cannot replace that man. But then there's another part of like, it's Nicolas Cage. I want to see him do a shitty acting job in pretty much anything. I want to see his manic, crazy delivery of the Casey Jones lines. Exactly. It's like anything Nicolas Cage does is just, it's either so shitty it's good or it's so good that it's good. Yes. I was picturing that. That's why I asked this question to see if you were on the same train of thought ever as, as me with this. When Casey Jones was delivering some of his bonkers lines, I'm like, wow, that'd be better if Nick Cage was doing it. I'd totally believe it. I would, I would easily believe that this guy is batshit crazy enough to be out in the middle of New York in a hockey mask, beating people up with a cricket bat. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want it to be Nick Cage. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't even think about that, but now it's all I can think of. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, please. If the universe is with us, please, some producer put together a Casey Jones movie with Nicolas Cage. 
Yes, now that Renfield is done and coming out, he's available. <laughs> he's available for kids' parties, I feel like. <laughs> he's available for the opening of an envelope. This man exactly. is available. <laughs> this man is like the biggest whore in Hollywood, will do anything. And I respect him for it because it's like, you got to make the money. You know, you know where your ability is. Go for it. You know how many gems we've gotten out of that man? <laughs> One of my favorite movies, and it's a movie we have to cover at some point, Willy's Wonderland. That is on my list. It is an amazing movie. It is so, it should not work at all, but it's amazing. Yeah, I read so. the logline for it and I was like, holy shit, is this going to be Nick Cage amazingness? Like just crazy balls to the wall? I'm not even going to say anything. Okay, you don't say anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to experience it because it's not exact. It's nothing what you expect. Good, I'm excited. Well, maybe I'll watch that when we're done here. <laughs> All right, so that is going to wrap up our conversation on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If anyone is interested in watching this movie, at the time of this recording, it was available from Paramount Plus with a subscription, Netflix, Amazon Prime. So all the movies are out there. Uh, whatever your favorite version is, I'd love to know. Hop on socials. Let us know what you thought of our conversation on this. Let us know your thoughts. Exactly. I'm. Uh, if there's any Turtles fans out there listening to this, please hit me up. I want to, I need more Turtles fans in my life. So on that note, I would like to thank you, sir, for joining me on this episode. Thank you very much for your time. Hey, no problem. And we want to thank you all for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Ninja Vanish. I have always liked Kawabunga. Cowabunga as they hit the ground From the field of weeds The heroes rescue the flower Cause they possess turtle power Hey listeners, Movie Miss here Saying we know you have a lot of options When it comes to podcasts So we want to thank you so much For listening to ours Please make sure to find us on our socials And join us Be part of our bad movie conversations We want to chat with you we're on Facebook with an official page, as well as a Let's Talk Turkeys discussion group, where you can talk with other like-minded individuals who like bad movies. We're on Instagram at Let's Talk Turkeys. Our Twitter handle is at Gobble Podcast. That's G-O-B-B-L-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And of course, you can always email us direct. We would love to get suggestions from you of movies you would like us to cover. If you want to be a guest on the show, we would love that. So directly, that's Let's Talk Turkeys, all one word, at yahoo.com. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.